Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. So did anybody shop yesterday? I did not shop. I did not. I shopped online. I didn't even shop online. It, I started because I had to get some stuff for my mom for from dad and I for Christmas. And then it was like, oh, but look at this cool thing. In years past, I have done all of my shopping on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Mm. Uh, I've never been a Black Friday, like, go out and buy things person. No, me neither. I I hate going out. Hate, hate, hate it. People are such, they're they're one of two categories. They're either excessively, ridiculously, obnoxiously cheery, or they're assholes. You don't get (laughs) anything in between. Yeah. I was one of the people that used to uh, camp out starting at midnight for the things. And, I mean, it snows here, so. Oh, gosh. Uh, but as somebody who like follows Black Friday pretty and shops it pretty exclusively, I can say that this year there was absolutely nothing to write home about. That's what I people are saying. That's what I heard people well, they started the deals weeks ago. And yeah. they started them that's and they're all not as good. Yeah. Make you think you're saving money, but none of the deals were as good as actual Black Friday deals in the past. Yes, I have heard that. Somebody did a whole TikTok. They're like, um, no, this these prices are not stand in line for eight hours prices, people. <laughs> like, no, they're not. They're not even. But, I mean, we're heading into a recession too, so I mean. Yeah, but yeah, if you look at surprised. if you look at the details, in fact, it was on this morning about how overstocked everybody is because of mm-hmm. the previous supply chain stuff. Oh, we're so overstocked. We're so overstocked. Well, if you're so fucking overstocked, mark it down. Because we know I, I what a good deal is. I think people might be saying that, but I do not see that anything's... I was talking to my hairdresser yesterday, and she says that they can't color everybody's hair because they don't even... They can't even get hair dye. Like, wow. Wow. Um, what else? Books? Like, there's a big, huge problem with paper manufacturing or something somewhere. So, I mean, not as many books are coming out there definitely oh. is a supply chain issue still with china because yeah. of all yeah. the lockdowns there and their labor issues right now did, did anybody else i see? did i did get from china weeks earlier than they promised it to me my indulgent happy birthday to you online purchase which was a pair of leopard print high tops with three inch wedge heels show we gotta see <laughs> oh my God, those are amazing. them amazing yes be we right have to back. see those bad boys yes. damn that sounds cool i love well, did- love love sneakers it is a true issue for me always has been and i have to really because i buy them and then i don't wear them because they're never as comfortable as they look online no. ever no Oh, Pat, those are fucking <gasps> awesome. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> My boss would die for those shoes. That is her vibe. I have no idea where I'm going to wear them, but I looked at them. Everywhere. It was like, I have to have these. 
You're going to wear them everywhere. That's the answer. <laughs> those are so cute. We have to have a picture of those, Pat. Okay. <laughs> but did anybody see the news? My dad saw it this morning that, like, they're, they're saying there's going to be, like, a sugar shortage now because they've stopped importing sugar from Colombia? Does that sound right? Not a sugar shortage. <laughs> I know. It's cookie time, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that they're because of, they're using forced labor to in the uh, factories or plants or whatever you want to call them and so the u.s has said fine we won't buy your sugar anymore well so sounds like to buy sugar go so, now sounds like <laughs> wyoming sugar beet industry is about ready to tick up my yeah. dad's like ready to go get in the car because he knows mom and i bake a lot and he's like do you need sugar i was like i just bought some and then i was digging for my not favorite hot chocolate in the cabinet because i don't have any milk to make my good one i was like oh look there's another five pound bag i have two bags of sugar now <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned that because you know this is baking season for us yeah so i was like out. what i mean it's bad enough that eggs are double the price yes and that's a true issue that has nothing to do with inflation or anything else it has to do with bird flu Oh, yeah. They've had to destroy so many chickens and so many, and therefore they just don't have the inventory they had before. It's not like you can just make more eggs. Yeah, they haven't figured out how to do that yet. No. (laughs) The FDA has approved lab-grown meat for human consumption now. Uh -uh. Nope. Mm -mm. Big Mm -mm. Vats O Chicky Nuggets. You remember Chicky Nugs oh, from... What are you talking uh, about, Megan? Don't you like what, McDonald's chicken nuggets? Old, they ain't no way there was a real chicken. The Merchants of <laughs> Venus. And one of the things they grew, they had lab-grown meat in there. And there was some this enormous blob of just chicken meat. They yeah. called it Chicken Little because it, it was yeah. like... And it was huge and they just carve off chunks of it yep. and package it and sell it that's it how was, it's gonna be that's yeah. what we're that's what we're headed to but it's not so that I'm, bad if you think about the idea of all of the issues it'll take care of and it's not gonna taste any different or look any different okay but here's the reminder that we don't have a food shortage we have a distribution problem because every year because i've just watched the show <laughs> the world wastes quote-unquote 103 billion pounds of food that could feed 3 million people because people are too damn picky about their vegetables and stuff. So I know, hey, I'm pointing the finger at myself, but I also don't not buy, I just don't buy vegetables in general. But like, there's a there's not a food shortage. It's a but there is a chicken shortage. Yes, I and it's because of bird flu. I will give you that. Okay, but I don't need to make lab grown meat just yet <laughs> oh come on you never know what's going to happen in the future you have to be ready i mean ma- i'm what gonna happens- move to australia so what happens and- if bird flu wipes out the entire chicken population are you never going to eat chicken again i can't say i don't know who knows i'm totally up for eating lab meat if it's chicken and if it tastes like chicken okay if it tastes like it's supposed to yeah i if mean it's like star trek <laughs> replicator style and it still tastes like real food yeah. And I will consider yeah. this situation. So have you had Star Trek replicator food? No. No one has. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> they acted like it was regular food. That's where we're Except all headed. All the, all the drinks were sent to Hall. Where's yes. the fun in that? You know? <laughs> Talking about Black Friday sales for book lovers, Chirp has got a great sale on you. Chirp is the audiobook arm of BookBub. Oh. And I picked up 
three audiobooks for like, I think about $10 for the whole really? three of them. They were running 75, 80% off on You know what? Stuff. I don't think I Martha's have Martha's like, let me download. <laughs> I don't think I have Chirp. In fact, I know I don't. A lot of times yeah. I only buy things that I can't get at the library. And we have a pretty good library. So most of the time I don't yeah. have to buy, but. I, I usually, okay I, I mostly check out my audiobooks from the library, but every now and again, when, when Chirp sends me an email and says, check out the Black Friday sale, stuff's like up to 80% off. And I was like, yeah. Oh, this is really sneaky. You know what they did? I looked up Chirp for Android uh -huh. and you know what came up at the top? What? Audible. <laughs> Paid ad. That's yep. right. Yep. Sneaky bastards. It works like BookBub in that if you sign up with them, you can enter as many categories as, you know, they have a pretty good list of styles and categories of literature, and they'll just send you a daily email and say, we've got deals on these things in your categories. Huh. Except for I never and... look at my fucking email. <laughs> like ever. Yeah, that's that's good. Black Friday for book girls. Thank you, Pat. I know a bunch of for small business, well, Saturdays today, but. You don't have to shop small businesses just on Saturday, though. I mean. You, right. you really should go out of your way to find a small business to give your business mm -hmm. to if you can. Especially an independent bookstore. Exactly. There's another independent bookstore. Have you been to Greenfeather yet? She's the one that immediately after that teacher got suspended for giving that um, code out for banned yes. books, she mm -hmm. immediately had t-shirts and buttons printed up and started passing them out. That's awesome. I know. Mm. Yay. I'm sure there's a bunch of the book boxes were running specials. So they might have some really good deals on like book boxes on over the weekend and then into Cyber Monday. I was getting a ton of emails from like Spearcraft and Joylit Crate and Aluma Crate and all all the crates. <laughs> Crady crate crate. The crate crates. <laughs> Our library is doing a uh, used book sale on this Thursday, so I'm... In fact, we just went through and culled three cartons of books out of our collection, which I dropped off to the library for future book sales today, <laughs> so that I have room to bring home three cartons on Thursday. You know what's going to happen, you Pat? Gotta... You're going to go in and you're going to be like, oh, I forgot about it. I don't have that book. And they're just going to buy your own book right back. Yeah. Could be. It could oh, be. this <laughs> looks really well great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to be like, wait, I know why I know this book. I brought it over here. <laughs> Look, somebody already wrote my name in the front of it. <laughs> Isn't that convenient? This email already has an account. I already have an account. I must have, I must have signed up for this and didn't remember. Bob. For sure? Yeah. Maybe I signed up for it in the beginning and it didn't have very much stuff. Which Maybe so. I'm not sure if you if you sign up are you signed up for BookBub? Because I think if you're signed they're no. they're partners. So if you're signed up for one, you might get the other. Maybe they had a good sale not that long ago and you did it then too. <laughs> no, I think I might have signed up uh, when they first started. And I remember logging in and there wasn't anything I wanted. And, and I, they don't have nearly as big a selection yeah. as, say, Audible. Yeah. But, but they've got some good stuff. So really the best gift that you can give this holiday season is access to books. Chicken. To chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Give chicken, chicken and sugar, baby. Give chicken, sugar, and eggs this year. But you could combine them in interesting ways as well. If you want to do baked goods. I mean, you could buy someone a chicken that then gives them eggs that they can then 
make no, because chicken. then you got to clean up the or chicken shit. Marshmallow peeps. Chickens made out of sugar. Marshmallow. Uh, <laughs> we're not at the end yet, Pat. You're not supposed to give us a groaner in the beginning. <laughs> but I think maybe good. That that's a good. good good way to transition us into actually reviewing books. So who, who gets to first? go first? Who goes does, in Vonnie's does place? Go first since Vonnie's not here. Oh, you always do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was just waiting for you to suggest it. So, Megan, are there any chickens in your books? <laughs> Not in the animal variety, no. There could be chicken-like behavior in my book. But we'll no, take it. We'll take it. feathered variety. This book came to my attention from Book Talk because there is a conspiracy about who actually wrote this book. What? Uh-huh. The fuck? So blurb about it, about the author, just says, this is a New York Times bestselling author, but the name is not a name you know. So I am reviewing Corinne by Rebecca Morrow. Who wasn't a real person. Who was not a real person. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait and wait. what? So is it a, a pseudonym for something else? It is, a, it is a pseudonym. And the interwebs have decided that it is the one and only Stephanie Meyer. Oh, we don't man. know that, but that's what everybody thinks. Except that the book is too well written to be her. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I hear a lot. But but if you compare it to things like the chemist and the host, I see why people think it could be her. All Bonnie right, so hated the, the chemist. She thought it was terrible. And I loved the chemist. All right, so go ahead. so we have Corinne. I'm probably going to say this name 27 different ways in this review. Sorry. Deal with it, people. Is a senior in high school. She lives in Kansas with her family. And her family is in a, I don't want to say fundamentalist because it's not the right word, but it best describes kind of a fundamentalist Christian church. They almost sound more Mormon than like FLDS. Um, where you're like the boys have all the power and the girls are just there and her mom and her family move into one of the other sisters. And they call each other brother and sister, which kind of also reminds me of like Mormonism to some extent. So they move into the other, this other family's basement because her dad is left and they need somewhere to live. And she's in love with Enoch. But Enoch is dating the most popular girl in the church and in school. And of course, they are getting married. He's going to be an elder and she's going to be the perfect wife and all those things that go along with that mindset of that church. But the kicker is, is that Enoch and Corinne kind of like each other because he would find reasons to like sneak away with her somewhere. And then when they'd be at the house playing board games, they'd be like playing handsy under the table on Saturday nights or Friday nights, but he'd have just been at his girlfriend's house with her family and all that stuff's going on. So it progresses to the point where they're like, are, they're leaving them alone because they're like, why Enoch's dating? What's her bucket? And, and obviously not dating her. And she's kind of, Corinne is kind of like the frumpy girl. I don't know what else, how else to describe her. It's kind of how she describes herself. She wears like dark clothes and the oversized sweater and they always have to on skirts, but she's not, she doesn't describe herself as attractive or why like would Enoch want to be with her because he can have the perfect girl. Like she's not that girl to her, in her opinion. Um, so they don't really feel like, oh, you know, they can be alone playing a board game in the living room, like with the other kids playing video games over here. It's fine. Uh, well, newsflash, it wasn't. 
<laughs> and none of neither of them have obviously had any type of sex ed because the church would not condone such things. And it's not really a spoiler because it happens within the first couple pages. So um, they're fooling around on the couch one night and oops, like they have sex. But neither of them really oops, realize what's sex. happening. <laughs> oops, <laughs> it kind of feels like oops. Whoops, yeah, basically. It. It's basically like, oh, okay. And then like they leave each other and it's like not a thing. Like it would not have been like the for a first time, it would have probably been pretty awful because it was just like, oh, what just happened? Okay, whatever. Like there was, they both didn't have enough information, I don't think to really like, it almost reminded me. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. It almost reminded me of when they talk about on TikTok, like the Mormon at, B, at, um, at BYU when they like do like soaking and like the roommates jump on the beds. Has what anyone the fuck heard are this? You talking about girl? Okay, so <laughs> this okay. is why you spent. Two- so they basically like they'll sleep together, but like if long as there's no movement, it doesn't count as sex. So they'll literally like soak and their friends jump on the bed to make movement Try, girl just look at if anyone i promise you it's a real thing there's a whole girl that a whole like thing anyway so that's what the weirdest side of tiktok ever <laughs> well it's because i'm on like true crime seriously stuff, so it, it comes up on like on true, co- true crime and truly strange ways to get yes. around having sex okay yeah so <laughs> It's kind of, it felt kind of like one of those moments where they were like, oh, okay. And then like nothing really happened. Well, then Enoch gets guilty conscience and goes to the elders and confesses. But, you know, because Enoch's a man, it's not his fault. It's her fault. It's her fault. So she gets shunned out of the church, like kicked out and has to like go figure out life at 18 without her family because her family won't talk to her. And she has like this whole big old mess. So that happens early on. Well, circle back to present day, kind of. She's moved back to Kansas because her mother's had some health issues, and they've started to let her back in a little bit. They think her exile has been long enough, you know, 18 more years. <laughs> like She's an adult at this point, and she's worldly now, right, because she went to college and all these things and doesn't belong to the church. So she gets back to town and runs into our dear friend Enoch, and he's a church elder he's still perfect but come to find out that his wife was actually a lesbian and so now she's left the church and has gone to marry her wife and he is still an elder and like everybody's best friend of course um and it just is the story of their relationship and you know she's pretty adamant that i'm never rejoining the church like over my dead body Will you get me back in the church? And he's kind of like, well, like maybe one day you'll want to come back. Like he's still very convinced that the church is like the right way. I even know though, so many people like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. He's like, it's still the right way, but like, I'm still going to be around you because I love you, but I don't know. I'm, you kind of always feel like he's trying to angle her back towards the church because he thinks that's where she should be so that they can be like the happy couple. Um. So it's, it's an interesting look at how she deals with being quote unquote worldly and her family accepting her back in kind of on limited terms more than she thought they would. She actually is like gets invited to family dinner and gets to like go babysit her niece and nephew and that kind of stuff. So they're slowly letting her back in. God, that's so wrong on so many levels. Ah! 
uh, yeah, this yeah, this book, it was really interesting. And then him, you know, really trying to decide what he what faith his faith looks like to him. Um, I would say this has a solid like four Megan blushes because once they I know once they it's not really a spoiler because obviously they start hanging out and it was pretty like graphic or it'd be like if Stephanie Meyer like all of a sudden found out like oh I can write sex scenes that's what it felt like because it would talk uh, like it was detailed like it wasn't like fade to black it was like and then you know like it went in and on and on and on and several times in the book what made the words that triggered me to think it may be Stephanie Meyer was the minute she said imprinted because Jacob and Renesmee every vampire every no every werewolf imprints that's yes but she didn't coin the term no but that but you're reading it's a book but it's not this book doesn't have any of those characters in it yet she's still talking about imprinting on someone that's what made me think it could truly be stephanie meyer like and isn't stephanie meyer lds she yes yes she's not flds but she is lds LDS, i believe so yes um, and obviously she can't be herself if she's going to write about that because that's a taboo. I mean, it was it was not just like, and then they had sex. It was like, you could almost hear the characters in her monologue trying to just like, because what he at one point says something like, oh, like, and I hate this word. It's probably one of my cringe words <laughs> when he's like, oh, you should take off your panties. And she's like, please stop saying that word. P- panties <laughs> like, is a cringe yeah, word? She, like, I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, just say underwear. I don't know why it, pay, it just sounds weirder to me. It sounds that's like saying I have to go tinkle. Yeah, like oh, it just gutchies out here. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> worse. Yeah, but so there's a lot of like pillow talk between them and like describing things. So if it's Stephanie Meyer, I know why she wrote it under a different name because it's definitely more. I would call this new adult <laughs> and not young adult, just because of that. Um, and it just follows their story and their struggle of like, can I be in a relationship with someone who the church doesn't approve of and still be part of the church? And can I not be part of the church and still love this man who is still convinced that the church is right and can't do no wrong <laughs> type thing. Um, Dude. But overall, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a good book. I would love to know if it is indeed Stephanie Meyer or not. And I don't know if she'll ever tell us, honestly. But yeah, it just follows their story. And they kind of are sneaky in the beginning. They go on walks. It's cold. It's winter. But they're like out for a walk because they don't want to be seen together because then the people will talk. <laughs> and I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. I got through it. And the chapters are short, which is kind of nice because you can be like read a bunch and then feel like you've actually made progress instead of those where you're like, oh, my God, I feel like I've read for hours and I've only read like a half a chapter. <laughs> Which also kind of made me think of Stephanie Meyer, like, you know, in uh, New Moon when it's like one page and it just says like September and it's like a page. <laughs> like it had some of that vibe to it. But it was kind of talked about a lot on Book Talk. I haven't looked lately to see what people's theories are, but I see, would I'm not. I'm on Goodread and now I am seeing a lot of people who think it's Rainbow Roll. I could see that. She does tend to write a lot of kind of stuff like this where she's trying to make a point like with her characters yeah that's a solid choice too actually I and it would that i could see that more than i could see it being stephanie meyer honestly 
I could see I could see a bean rainbow row. Hmm. Also an interesting. Either way, I like both those authors. So What's either way, happen is it's nobody. Like it's, nobody. it's like somebody's first book, and they just, hey man, the press has got to be amazing when you're like, oh yeah, it's someone famous, but we don't know who. But we don't know. <laughs> or it's like a celebrity that like we were like, who knew they could write a book by themselves? Like that's called marketing. It is. It's genius <laughs> because it was all like that's the I saw it on my TikTok one time and I was like, I need this book. It's and I was originally gonna re- review this in October because I thought it was gonna be more cult like. And then once I got into it, I was like, no, this is not culty enough. It's more of a romancy than it is a cult. So I, I was like, I'm gonna hang on to this and save it. So I saved it. And that is Kareen by Rebecca Morrow, AKA question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before it even came out, people were like, they, somebody released some big, it's somebody famous writing under pseudonym. And I was like, seriously, like, and it's the dust jacket when it says her name, like about the author, it just says, this is a number one, like New York best time selling author. So it really did a lot to, um, promote the book. I must say it was pretty is. Yeah. Like I said, good marketing. That was someone's really brilliant idea. dude. (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's he, she who shall not be named trying to get a third pseudonym. So you never know. I actually, I could see that. Maybe it's Stephen King. Maybe he's worn out Richard Bachman. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you know, I'm going to write about religious sex. (laughs) It was an interesting read because it does, it really took you on both of their journeys, even though it was kind of all told from her point of view, but Hmm. cool. Cool. Now I need to know who wrote it. (laughs) all right keith how about you girl so the book i read this week is called before i let go by kennedy ryan we've reviewed a bunch of colleen hoover books on the podcast before Mm -hmm. and she generally writes really angsty like just kind of make makes you want to go out and just die romances. Ooh, Colleen Hoover. <laughs> Colleen Hoover does. Oh, okay. Colleen Hoover gave a blurb and she was like, this is the kind of angsty sadness I want to read. And as soon as I read the blurb, oh, I was yeah. like, oh shit, this book is going to kill me. <laughs> I was going to say, Keith, don't you usually try to stay away from that? Yeah. I really don't like super angsty books, but this one was really, really good. The main characters are Josiah and Yasmin, and they are, they were married for years. They have two kids together and they own a successful restaurant together. Like they each have like a part of it. She does like the business kind of stuff and he does the day-to-day kind of stuff there. And throughout their marriage, a lot of really awful things happen to them. And this book is told in a lot of different flashbacks and different points of view between the two of them. So uh, I didn't find it hard to follow, but when you are introduced to them, they are divorced and they've been divorced for two years. And they just had a lot of really awful things happen to them. And Yasmin sunk into a really deep depression after all these events kind of took place. The kind of depression where she couldn't get out of bed, Um, She couldn't care for her kids and her husband really took up the slack and she felt really guilty about that. And so she divorced him in a way to kind of let him free, I guess we'll say. So we, now it's two years later and they are the model divorced couple, basically. 
they get along really well. They're still really good friends. They live near each other. They both still own this restaurant together and they co-parent like nobody's business. But there's a new head chef at the restaurant and Josiah starts seeing her. And all of a sudden it just really throws Yasmin for a loop. And she's kind of like, I asked for a divorce. I did this. So I don't know what my deal is that I care that he is seeing this woman. And that kind of is what the precursor is to the two of them just had this amazing marriage. And then it just kind of fell apart in a very, very short amount of time. So the whole book is about the fact that neither of them really ever wanted to be divorced from the other, but now they're in this situation that they've come to terms with and getting back together is going to be almost more hurtful than going through the divorce was, if that makes sense. Hmm. Because I mean, he is seeing someone, the kids are like doing well, but they keep feeling this pull back toward each other. So it was, it was all the feels. It was, it's a romance sort of, but it's also kind of like a, where did we go wrong? What did we do? Can we get back to where we were kind of story? Kennedy Ryan has always, uh, I've read a number of her books and I mean, usually they are not this, what's the word, like heavy, but she has always done a really great job of writing character driven books. And this one, it is just so, just getting in the mind of this woman who went through all this stuff and the the mental illness she faced, the reactions of everyone who didn't really understand. It's a really interesting look at loss and the way that everyone deals with their grief because people grieve in so many different ways. And we don't always, the way that we deal with, like we ourselves deal with grief sometimes doesn't resonate when we see somebody else dealing with the same grief in a different way. It was very, it was just a really, really good look at the inner workings of a marriage and how everything can be really going great. And then something happens and it just kind of decimates a family. It really, really portrayed mental illness in a very realistic way. It was very emotionally raw. I mean, my friend Allison, I mean, this is the kind, she's always asking me, I want a book that's going to tear me up and like make me cry and make me wish I was dead. And I'm like, oh, I found the book for you. (laughs) (laughs) As much as you can get a book hangover afterwards, I was like, okay, I don't even know what to do with my life now. Like, I don't know where I'm going from here. Do you just read a happy-go-lucky book after this? Do I just go back and, like, read about Santa kissing somebody under the mistletoe? It's just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine now. (laughs) I finished it a couple of weeks ago, so I'm better now. It just came out October or maybe early November. I think it was early November, but I can tell it's going to be on a lot of lists for the best of best book of the year. I mean, it kind of came from nowhere and uh, it's getting a lot of praise on TikTok. And I think it's already on like Goodreads 
like nominations as one of the best romances. I mean, I won't be surprised if I see it make a lot of best of lists. Uh, I'm fairly certain it's going to make mine. It, it There is some spice in it. I mean, they don't just kiss in this book, but you know, that's, that's my usual. So, but yeah, it was, I would have given it more fi- than five stars if Google would let me, but you know, they don't cause they're mean, but yeah, it was, it's a really, really great book. And it's like, it's a romance in a very different kind of way than we usually read romances. And that was Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. Very nice. I feel like when Colleen Hoover's like, this book will wreck you, that's a pretty good advertisement that you're going to be wrecked. Okay. Pat. Birthday girl. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Bonnie says happy birthday, by the way. She was texting me. Thank you. Bonnie's like, what are you guys doing? Are you having fun? (laughs) Do you miss me? Bonnie has FOMO. She does. (laughs) She said, tell Pat happy birthday. I did. I was pretty darn proud of myself this morning, though. I used to, like more than 10 years ago, I used to mark my birthday by swimming a lap for every year. But I've gotten a lot older and slower. I was like, can I still do this? But I went to the pool this morning and by God, 69 laps. Wow. (laughs) Laps or lengths? Yum. So 50 meters times 50 50 meters, uh, almost two miles. That's almost two miles, Pat. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Two miles would have been 72 laps. So Jesus, now I got to figure out something to do on my birthday. (laughs) You're making me feel like a freaking slacker. I swim them a little slower than I used to, but (laughs) that takes a long time to swim two miles. Like people don't realize that swimming two miles is far different than running two miles. Oh yeah. It was, I was just shy of an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, that's about right. Yeah. Damn. So I'm, I got thoroughly waterlogged. and. <laughs> well, I'm thoroughly yeah. impressed up in here. Y'all. That, that has nothing to do with my book, though. So. <laughs> that's okay. Although they do get thrown in a river at one point. There is swimming in my book. But... Oh, <laughs> was see? it baby eating, or did they jump in the river? No, nope. I read a spy novel this week. Ooh. So they were running and hiding, and they had to hide in the river at one point. I oh, see. A little different from my usual read, but I thoroughly enjoyed this one. It's called Alias Emma by Ava Glass. And I'm curious, especially Megan, to know if you're familiar with the author, because when I was looking up info about her, as it turns out, Ava Glass is a pseudonym that she also writes a series of YA thrillers called Night Court or Night School or something under the name Christy Doherty. No, well, it started to, but then no. Doherty sounds familiar. I I thought you were about to say House of Night, which is PC cast, but then you, you... Veered yeah, it, from where I thought it was going. School. Yeah, the the night the YA night school thrillers by Christy Doherty. Oh, those are probably good though. Yeah. Well, if they're if they're good like this one was, because Alias Emma was a very fast paced, lightweight, fun, enjoyable read. Just the sort of thing you can gallop through for a good time. The main character is Emma Makepeace, and she tells you right up front, this is not her real name because as a spy, one of the things she had to do was basically choose a pseudonym that she would work under. She is uh, the daughter of a Russian dissident, someone who fled Russia so they wouldn't get killed, basically. I guess that makes you a refugee. The book is set in London, and years before, 
Emma's mother had fled Russia. Her father did something that got him in trouble with the head honchos in Russia. And mom and baby Emma fled. And so they don't know whatever happened to dad. They assume he's dead. Emma has gotten into the spy game because she hates Russia and all things Russian. She is, and she's out to do whatever she can to screw with Russia. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, she's, it's motivated. And, and uh, so she's gone through the basic training and has been waiting to be given an assignment that will be her first really on her own, not just helping someone else out, but really in charge assignment. And she gets this assignment because another Russian dissident family who also had fled some years before, their son, Michael, has grown up to be a doctor in London and what is it, MI6, what is it? They get mm -hmm. word of a plan by the Russian government to kidnap this son so that they can use him as leverage to get some kind of information out of his parents. Because their backgrounds, I guess, are so similar, they give the job of finding him and getting him to safety to Emma. Hmm. So she shows up at the hospital and says, Michael, you've got to come with me. Your life is in danger. And he, of course, goes, what the hell are you talking about? You're a crazy person, get away from me. I have work to do. So it takes her quite a while to convince him that there is any threat to him. And once she does, she has to get him across London to MI6 headquarters, except the Russians have, have hacked the CCTV, the closed circuit TV Holy system. Holy crap, and it's and very extensive in London. London is famously the most watched city in the world. you, And so no matter where she goes, she's gonna be on one of these TVs and every time she tries another angle to get him closer to MI6 headquarters, the Russians are there practically before she and he get to whatever location. She can't take public transportation. She can't take, she's afraid to take like an Uber because those things are monitored. She can't get, she had, she is trying desperately to get him across London before the night is out. And then when she finally starts getting close and calls her headquarters, she gets weird responses. She get people don't want to talk to her. She's like, I need somebody to bring us in. We're on the, on the verge of being there, get us in. And she's gets people going, um, well, this person isn't in the office right now. We'll get back to you. We'll call you back. And it seems as though the guy who has been her mentor within the British spy system has been ousted, compromised. Somehow she can't reach him. And the people who are now in charge are not people she trusts. So she's trying to figure out where she can get him to safety, how she can get him across town. And it's the action of the book takes place within the span of, of less than a day. And they are, they are literally on the run for a lot of it. I have never read a book where there is so much running. <laughs> they, they even comment about that at some point. It's like, we sure are running a lot in this, the course of this. And then they, they get in a boat that they're trying to get across the Thames and, and so they're in a boat and suddenly Russian spotlights are picking them out. That's when they end up in the river because they have to dive out of the boat to avoid being shot. 
So it's not just any river. They had to jump in the Thames. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they talk about how nasty the Thames is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was. It's fast paced. Like I said, not a not a heavy book by any means, but fun and fast paced. And they make a. She makes a reasonable case for Emma's motivations to do what she's doing, and it just moves along. You. It's one of those true page turners that you just say, yep, a year from now, I might not remember the plot in detail, but right now I'm totally into it. So that is Alias Emma by Ava Glass. Awesome. I love spy thrillers. Okay. Are you guys ready? If you are. I am. I read a fantasy novel, (laughs) which is kind of unusual for me. And I actually came across this because I was on my new love Mastodon and I ran into on there Kevin Hearn who's the author and I I was like gosh why have I never read him and I I had tried a couple of his other novels and they just weren't for me but I saw the description for this one and I'm like oh my god yes I have to read this so so this is kind of Terry Pratchett-esque meaning it's got a lot of snark and a lot of swearing and a lot of fun. Uh, The main character, here's here's the description. He's blessed with an extraordinary white mustache, an appreciation for craft cocktails, and his most unique magical talent. He can cast spells with magically enchanted ink, and he uses his gifts to protect the world. Martha, Martha, you know you haven't given us the title or the author yet, right? So this is called Ink and Sigil by Kevin Hearn. Thank you, Keith. I really... Ink and what? Sigil. S-I-G-I-L. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Never heard the word before. Sigil? It's like a, a sigil. Yeah. It's like a, the... A, helpful. Like character. Yeah. Um, no, a sigil is like on the on the, the the banner. Like... You'd know it if you saw it, Pat. You just didn't know it at a name. She's going to look it up, so... Yeah. Right? Like, the sigil's the banner that people carry in the, like, like the Targaryen flag oh. is a sigil right okay a symbol yeah a symbol yeah huh. yeah okay 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 so you've learned real quickly about this guy that he's a strange looking dude who basically writes these magical spell on spells on paper with a special ink <laughs> most of the time he's trading stuff like um male enhancement spells for different things and i mean he's just it's just really funny but he's also cursed and he can't he can't speak to anybody for an extended period of time because they will hate him it's like this this curse that he has on him so he spends most of the book and and of course i read the audiobook so this will explain a lot of the reason that I liked it because the audio was so brilliant and it was done in a full Scottish accent. Uh, <laughs> and now we know why. yes. And during the portions where he's speaking, he has a, a voice app that speaks for him. He basically types into it and it speaks. So it's almost like a robot voice and it's hilarious listening to this because he's speaking through this app all the time. Because if he talks for an extended period of time, whoever it is will end up hating him forever, including his own family. 
and he doesn't know why he's this curse has happened to him. The cops are kind of interested in him currently because all of his apprentices and all the people that work for him have died in really strange ways and very suddenly. So she, he's got this detective following him around, asking all kinds of questions, and he's, you know, dealing with all kinds of strange magical bullshit at the same time. Long story short, it's a really, really fun read, especially if you decide to read the audio because it's like a murder mystery only really cool because there's magic involved and he's constantly trying to stay out of trouble and survive with his new buddy the hobgoblin who is his new apprentice and the hobgoblin is how fucking hilarious the guy asked him what his name is and he says his name is buck foy (laughs) fuck boy (laughs) So um, he figures that out, of course, and it's a funny thing. It's just one of those really snarky, funny, completely uh, soul-warming Martha books that I'll probably go back to again and again. Some of his other things that he's written, he wrote something, The Farm Boy. He also did The Iron Drood Chronicles, which are very popular. I did not care for them. It's like Pat and I talked about. the older you get, the less you like fantasy for some reason. And it it's probably just you get old and cynical over time. I don't know what it is exactly that, that has changed me in that way. Really, the only fantasy I like is the snarky as fuck fantasy that is just fun. Kill the farm boy. And there's a whole series of those. And they're just a little too kid-like for me. They're not snarky enough. To fall into the category of something I would like. But this bad boy, ho, ho, ho. I hope he writes more of these because it was really fun. And it was called Ink and Sigil by Kevin Hearn. And it was it actually takes place in the world of the Iron Druid Chronicles. Even though I haven't finished one of those, I did try to read one of them. And it just, I just wasn't, I just couldn't be bothered to learn about the world and all that other stuff because I'm old and cranky but you love Lord of the Rings yeah but I read that when I was really young and it's one of those things that I return to as a comfort uh, I got you you know it it's Cause you know what's gonna happen well yeah kind of yeah and when you read something when you're young and it affects you in some way going back to it again is just I don't know it that book is a part of me I don't know how yeah. else to say it without just being totally fucking cheesy but yeah and I did read a lot of fantasy novels when I was young but I just sort of got to the point where I couldn't be bothered to learn all the different places and there are too many strange words and I'm like oh fuck this I'm out that's why you need a map yeah I'm I think it's because I do audio so much and it immediately puts me off I had a really hard time reading The Name of the Wind in the beginning, the one that I made Pat buy at the bookstore. I really did like that, though. I gave it to the library good, this morning. Good, good, good. Okay. I really did like that, but I tried to listen to it and couldn't. I had to purchase it. And the only reason I purchased it is because people were just going on about it forever. And one of the guys I worked with was going on about it, so I'm like, oh, fine, I'll read it. And I actually did like it. Yeah. <laughs> It was a lot like Harry Potter. It had that same, you know, magic school 
thing and it, oh. and I really enjoyed the journey on that one. Plus it had an excellent twist ending. Well, there you go. But to get back to this Kevin Hearn thing, I probably never would have picked this book up if I hadn't ran into him on on Mastodon. Ma- on Mastodon. And it, like I said, it was, it was one of those times when everybody was joining at the same time. So everybody was new. So I probably would have never had a conversation with him if it hadn't been for that moment in time. So I thought that was kind of cool because I just. So mm. Black Friday is now uh, clearly gone. Small Business Saturday is gone. Currently happening. Well, but gone by the time you hear this. Yeah, I'll probably go for Small Business next week. Uh, for Monday. Well, yes. and yes, we have Cyber Monday coming, and most of you will be listening to this episode you during, may. during you Cyber Monday. May. Yeah, you you may be scrolling the interwebs right now. Looking, looking for, for deals. deals. <laughs> Usually, the deals I end up buying, and I know Jeff Bezos has enough money already. I know he does. Yes. But I usually... He's not with Amazon anymore, though, so... Oh, well... That's where I usually end up getting a few things, you know, the on sale things instead of going to Walmart or Target or one of those. That's that's usually my go to because I don't have to fucking leave my house and I don't have to put my credit card information in again. Lazy, 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 lazy shopping. That's me on Cyber Monday. I'm getting so mad at the companies who have set up their websites where it won't autofill my credit card for me. I don't shop there if they won't do it. Makes me so mad. I was and trying to I buy don't something. trust. I don't. I don't trust all these random fucking websites. If I can't go in person, I'm not doing it. Well, I was on like a well-known company's website, but normally it'll like pop up and be like, "Here's your saved credit card information from like your Apple Wallet," and it did not. And then I was like, "Well, damn it! Now I've got to wait till I get home <laughs> to go get my card out of my wallet and do it." But I was like, "Come on!" I tried every which way to make it like I was like, hey, "Come on, it's saved." But maybe that's how companies are trying to combat people from like ordering stuff if they steal somebody's phone or something. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe but I was like, stuff on sale. Amazon will just randomly put books on sale. So, yeah, they do. Yes. yes. And our our publisher told that because I, I I looked and it's still on sale. My husband's book, Group Six in the River, is currently on sale on Amazon. You can get the hardcover for less than the paperback normally. So Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Grab that. Then, there's only 14 left in stock. So, you know, get them now. Buy them now. Get them yep. while they're hot. It's Taylor's birthday today, too, I think, isn't it? Taylor yeah. and I have the same birthday. Yes. Awesome, yep. Taylor. Yes. So, happy birthday to Taylor. Yay. I'm still waiting for the day I get to meet Taylor in person. She's such a cool person. <laughs> she is. <laughs> She's the one who introduced me to Matt Deniman. And I'll never forget that. Dungeon Crawler Carl. Yes, uh, I was like, that's a positive thing for yes. those wondering. <laughs> Dungeon Crawler Carl, I mean, talk about the weirdest, most fun series that in recent memory. I mean, absolutely pure sugar to the vein. You know, it's just not the same anymore with the whole Black Friday thing, the way it used to be where... You know, they'd make you wait outside, they'd open the doors, people would fist fight, they would grab, then you'd hear about it the next day. I mean, I would never, ever participate in something like that, but I liked oh, to the read about days. it. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. And then for a while, they started doing it on Thursday and made people go to work on Thursday. I thought that was horrible. 
I think the whole, the way they rescheduled everything just messed the whole thing up forever. It's not- And this year- there was a lot of places closed on Thanksgiving this year. As, as it should be. I think there was too much of a backlash from the employees because. Yeah. Employees I know Homeland a- here. Homeland here was open because we went Friday and saw our favorite cashier and he said they were open. And I was like, don't you love it when you're working on Thanksgiving? And people are like, why are you open? And you're like, because your assholes are in here buying fucking turkeys. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> We used to feel that way all the time at Kroger. They're like, oh, it's such a bummer that you have to work today. Fucking go home and I wouldn't have to work today. <laughs> Mr. Keith really wanted to go to Big Lots on Thanksgiving Day because it was open and they had sales. And he was like, but if I go, then next year they'll be open. Exactly. And I was like, so yeah, he's, and it caught, he, he, you could tell the whole day he like really wanted to go somewhere. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. Well, and we used to, when the hour before Kroger would close, we would station baggers at the door and hand people a, like a hand basket. And we're like, if it doesn't fit in here, you're not buying it. This is how long you have to shop. <laughs> get your shit and get the fuck out. And I would make announcements. Like, I'd be like, if we close at like five, I'd be like, it is four o'clock. We'll be closing in one hour. It is 4.15. We'll be closing at four. Like, I'm just doing everything. <laughs> And they're like, oh, my God, could she I'm going to tell you every up. minute on the minute now. <laughs> and then once you got to, like, the 10-minute mark, I would do, like, 10, and then I would do, like, 8, and then I would do, like, 5. And we'd be chasing them down the aisles. Like, we'd start walking through and, like, closing stuff off. And they'd be like, I just need, we just need. I'd be like, I don't, just need it another day because we all want to go home, too. I don't care if you burnt your fucking mashed potatoes. <laughs> You're so cruel, Megan. God. The only person I think we ever like went in and just grabbed something and wrote it as like a write-off and we probably just scanned it out the next day was like a parent came running in the door like as we were closing for like child's advil or something like children's tylenol or something and we're like oh dude we got you go (laughs) like (laughs) and we ran in and just grabbed it off the shelf and like scanned it out the next day and just handed it to him because we were like there's nothing worse than having like a sick kid when you know every store is closing like I mean, there is a happy medium somewhere. I think that's the moral of the story is that they've tried it all of these ways and they've realized that people's jobs are not their whole life. And you need to have a little bit of respect, even if they are your employee, you still need to have enough respect for them to allow them to have a holiday occasionally. Yeah. I will never forget. There was the one I will never forget was the mashed potato people. They we had we'd walked through the whole store. Everything was secure, and we had like the key in the lock. And it was one of my managers that I'm friends with. And the guy's like, "We just my mom just burnt the mashed potatoes. Like we just need Bob Evans mashed potatoes." And Carla just looked at him and went, "Nope," and like dead silence, and just locked the door. And just heard the deadbolt go. <laughs> that person and never that in. person never fucking forgave you megan probably not You're probably listening like, right now and going oh my god that was her that yeah. bitch it she was ruined thanksgiving a... they went it to was... mcdonald's and got 45 orders of fries and said here <laughs> that's what we got <laughs> but the deadbolt was so loud because it was so there was no noise anywhere else you just heard the clunk <laughs> Think of her turning the key. The sound of <laughs> sadness at Thanksgiving. It's <laughs> one of my favorite that, memories. That bitch at the grocery store wouldn't let us in. She locked the door in my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the other creepiest thing is I would all we had like the photo printers. 
mm-hmm. where you, instead of people like going to CVS or wherever they could come and like print their pictures at Kroger. And every Christmas, I forget that that damn thing talked. And I'd be the, in there on Christmas Day, like doing a store check and making sure the coolers weren't like going down or whatever. And I was in like the back room, and all I heard was that fucking thing start talking. And I was like, "Who's here? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking Kodak." It's a ghost. <laughs> There's a ghost in the store, man, and it's gonna take your pictures. Hey, I was like, ready to call the police? <laughs> what What would be more frightening to hear if you're in the grocery store by yourself? Uh, well, okay, as like a as a customer, anything or like-, like you're you're there by yourself. Everything is quiet. What would be the worst thing you could hear? Oh, I think just like disembodied footsteps. I'm thinking a baby crying would be pretty fucking creepy. Oh no, that would be awful too. <laughs> yeah, but disembodied footprint steps because then I'd be going through my head like, okay, who the fuck closed the store last night and did they check all the coolers? Who's in here? Or the 85th person asking me where the green bean casserole toppings are as they're standing in front of the goddamn green bean casserole. Clearly, I have trauma from working in grocery stores at the holidays. Or the person who's real nasally and sneezy and coughy and come and comes up to you and goes, "Where's the flume heads?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I think I have COVID. <laughs> yes. All the above. <laughs> Pharmacies that way. Aren't you glad you're not working today? And that's going to do it for Three, Three Book, Book Girls. Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group. Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.